Welcome to the sermon podcast of the Potter's House Church in Virginia Beach, affiliated with Christian Fellowship Ministries. Our vision is winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. Make sure to subscribe from wherever you're listening to continue hearing life-changing messages every week. These powerful messages are sure to inspire you and keep you on track. Whether it's our late founder, Pastor Wayman Mitchell, or any of your favorite fellowship leaders worldwide, including Pastors Joe Campbell, Paul Stevens, Mark Olson, Tom Payne, Harold Warner, Richard Ruby, and many more, get ready to hear from God through this message. This evening, if you want to turn in your Bibles to the book of... The, the book of Matthew in chapter 16. The book of Matthew in chapter 16. Amen. Tonight, I um, want to say, you know, I, I know that there are people here um, with some, some battles and some, some struggles. <laughs> And I want to, as a pastor, especially, you know, on a Wednesday night, you come in tired, you've been dealing with life, and I would love to just preach something that would just be encouraging, you know, just kind of, you know, lift you up. But, <laughs> um, no, we, we will get there, but tonight, the sermon is going to kind of have to, like, hit us first. And this is the issue, is that sometimes in life we get confused by the difficulties that we face. You know, when we begin living for God, there's so many wonderful things, right? We serve a God that heals marriages, Right? We serve a God that can heal our minds. We serve a God that can heal bodies. Right? We serve a God that can um, take away the shame and guilt of our past and our sin. Right? And, and that can fill us. It should fill us with joy. You know, the, the Bible tells us that this, this living for God should be joy that is unspeakable. Right? So it can be easy to get confused when we're suffering. We can say, God, I thought the point of this was you were going to make me happy. <laughs> I thought, God, if I served you and I lived for you, I would just always be smiling. I would just always be happy. But right now I'm suffering. And so, God, what is wrong? Did I do something wrong? Did you forget about me? What's happening here? You know, suffering can be confusing for people. It's one thing I talk about when I'm evangelizing on the streets. Sometimes it will come up. And people will talk about the suffering in this world and they'll ask about it. And I'll say, you know, it shouldn't really bother us if there's no God. If there's no God, then this is just the way things are and the way they've always been. We should be used to it after thousands of years of human history. 
People die. People get sick. We should be able to accept it if that's just what life is. But somehow suffering confuses us. Somehow we know it shouldn't be like this, right? It shouldn't, it shouldn't feel this way. And we don't even know why we think that, right? Except that perhaps we were made for a world without suffering, right? Perhaps we were made for a world without death. And that's what God wanted. So suffering can be confusing. And it can be even more confusing when we're living for Jesus. And we're saying, God, I I thought you were going to help me with these things. The truth is there is an unavoidable suffering in life. The Bible tells us in Acts 14.22, we must go through many tribulations to enter the kingdom of God. It's just part of it. You can't escape it. It's just in this world, and, and God will help us. And sometimes he is the only one that can help us to walk through that valley of the shadow of death. God is the only one. But tonight, <laughs> we serve a Savior who offers us a cross and not a couch. You know? Jesus didn't say, if you follow me, I will make sure that you have the largest, coziest, most comfortable couch in your whole neighborhood. If you follow me, I will give you a big, comfortable blanket. If you follow me, I will make sure that you never have a problem. He didn't say that. Jesus said, if you want to follow me, then you got to carry this cross. And I don't think we understand what that would have meant to them. You know, we romanticize things, you know. We kind of make things like romantic, like, like it's all in a Hollywood movie, you know. We wear crosses like... Uh, People wear them as a fashion statement, you know? But in their day, think about it, right? When Jesus said, you got to carry a cross if you want to follow me. Like, they had seen this. You know, sometimes in the movies, the cross, when people are dying on the cross, it's way up on a hill, you know? You can't see. They're like, wait, they're tiny people dying on a cross, you don't associate with them very strongly. But I was in Jerusalem, and they showed us. They said they would have put crosses right here. So you had to, as you walked into the gates of the city, you had to walk by people and look them in the eye and see their eyes in agony, trying to breathe trying to hold themselves up on the nails. There's a point to it, right? Don't mess with the Romans. Don't do the wrong thing or you'll be on the cross like these people. They wanted them to see the pain in their eyes. A deterrent. So when Jesus says, you got to grab a cross, wait a second. 
I don't think we get it, right? We don't have crosses. Today, some places there are still electric chairs where very, very bad criminals will sit in a chair and we apply electricity to them until they die. That almost affects you, huh? Right? Almost, you're almost like, eh. That would have made a little bit more of a connection. It would be like someone today, Jesus, saying today, if you want to follow me, you have to have your own electric chair. I think I came to the wrong church, right? I don't know. I don't know. I thought this Jesus guy just said nice stuff about loving everyone. Now he wants me to have my own electric chair. I don't like this, right? Or today, criminals, they'll use a a lethal injection. They'll use a needle, put something into their veins. You ever see those little needles on the ground? Me and my wife went to the park this summer, and there were just a bunch of needles, those little skinny medical needles. Imagine if Jesus said, if you want to follow me, you've got to carry a needle with you. Yeah. I don't know about this guy. I don't know if we could totally grasp it. It'd be like saying, you've got to carry a noose with you. Like it was political, it was awful, it was considered a curse if it happened to you. From the, from the law. If you died on a tree, you were considered cursed. And yet Jesus is saying, if you want to follow me, you have to grab a cross. So think about that. Let's read these just two verses from the book of Matthew, chapter 16. These are some of the most important words Jesus said as he spoke to his disciples. Verse 24, then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires To come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires, verse 25, for whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Amen. Let's ask God to help us right now. God, we need you. Lord, you understand, God, that we are trying to understand eternal truths. God, we are translating this. God, we are spiritual people. We need you to work powerfully in us to grasp, to grab onto what you're speaking. I pray you'd help us to understand, God, when we are facing cross situations in our lives. We will know that you have not forgotten us. And we will know, God, that you're not going to leave us on the cross. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Like I said, this is not one of the more popular sermons you could preach. (laughs) This is not one of the most popular things Jesus said. If you can understand what it would have sounded like to these guys, these were some intense words. What was the issue? The issue was self. Self. You know, today we believe, like modern thinking, 
is that self-empowerment is the key to life. If I feel strong, if I feel empowered, that's, that's the key. You know, when I get my, my spray tan and I get my likes on the gram, when people are following me on social, when I'm looking good, I'm feeling empowered, and this is the key to life. You know, we have strengths. It's not bad to think about what those are and use those to an advantage. But the self that we're all trying to empower actually can kill you, destroy you. Friday night, we're at Downtown Crossing, and I'm speaking to two young men. They're listening. They seem like good-looking, good young guys, but they weren't right with God. And I begin to tell them, listen, God would do something with your life, but I'm telling you, there's something inside of you that'll destroy whatever you come up with with your life. There's something inside of me that would have destroyed everything that I was able to put together in my life. There's something inside of you that will destroy everything good if it's not dealt with. I got a couple amens on that. I know it's hard to think about. You know, I talk to young guys and they'll say, I think the key to life is just being happy. Whatever makes me happy, that's what I'm going to live for. Okay. All right. So what happens when you're married and you have kids and it seems like it's going to make you happy to mess around with a girl in the office and your family gets destroyed? You can't live life that way. I hope I can make this make sense. I want you to imagine inside of you is a little green monster, a little monster inside of you. And as you're going through life, there's something inside of you that's speaking out and it's asking for attention. It's asking for everything to go your way. It's wanting people to see you and appreciate you and like you. And the little green monster gets upset when that doesn't happen. When things don't go your way. And people feel like if I can make this little monster in me happy, then I'll be happy. But that little thing in you, oh man, never satisfied. You get a few people to like you, and that little thing inside, yeah, but, but they don't like me, right? Oh, but they only like me because I tell them nice things, you know? I mean, there's something inside of you that just will control you. They will say, oh, you, I need, I need more nice things, and then I'll be happy. And you go and you get nice things, you say, but I want more, right? And you can run through this life trying to keep that little thing inside of you happy and it will never be satisfied. And at some point, God is going to ask you to do something and that little voice inside is going to say, No! 
God's going to say, you need to forgive that person. And you're going to walk into church and say, okay, I'm going to be nice to them. I'm going to forgive them. And the little person inside is going to say, no, no, they didn't apologize. Don't do it. Don't be nice. They don't deserve it. Right? You do something for God, a little voice says, yeah, but nobody noticed and nobody appreciated you. And so that is why Jesus said you have to carry a cross. And from time to time, you have to take that thing and nail it to the cross. Say, I'm not listening to you. (laughs) You are not going to control my life. Jesus said, if you want to follow me, verse 24, you must deny says himself or his self or your self. That little thing in you that wants to control and, and make everything about you. Jesus said, you won't make it. You can't follow me unless you deny that thing. That thing at some point is going to come against what God wants to do. And that's what happened just a few verses before. Jesus said, I'm going to go to the cross. And Peter's little monster inside. Peter, remember him? Little monster inside. No! No, Jesus, no! Why? Because the little thing inside of Peter was waiting for Jesus to become the king of kings on the earth. And Peter was going to be number two over the whole earth. And so now Jesus is talking about the plan of God and something inside of Peter is fighting it. But listen, what does Jesus call Peter at this moment? He calls him Satan. Think about that. Went from just selfishness to demonic. That little thing inside of you You know what it can do? It can kind of creep over to the front door on your heart. Just kind of unlock the door and just kind of crack it open a little bit. I don't know what happened there. And the demonic comes in. Jesus called Peter Satan. You get that? That self inside of you selfishness, if not dealt with, will allow the demonic into your life. You know, a good picture of this is I was reading about cancer. Cancer is really interesting. I'm not an oncologist, but cancer cells look just like the rest of the cells in your body. And that is why your immune system won't touch them. Your immune system's going through your blood and trying to find anything that will hurt you. And it sees cancer cells and it says, oh, that's a regular cell. It's okay. It looks like a regular cell, but it is actually selfish. It's doing its own thing. It's building its own organ inside your body with your cells. And if you don't deal with the cancer, it will grow Throughout your body, it will kill you. 
remember losing my grandmother to cancer when I was seven years old. That selfishness inside of you, if it's not dealt with, it will kill you. And like Peter, it will fight what God wants to do. How do you deal with cancer? Well, you either need radiation or you need surgery. Neither of those are enjoyable situations. Brutal, painful, but necessary, right? Just like the cross. How does this work? Well, you're following Jesus and the little selfishness inside of you is fighting against the things of God and you just decide, listen, I'm not, I'm not going to listen to that voice. I'm crucifying you. I'm going to forgive. I'm going to humble myself. I'm going to serve. I'm going to live like Jesus. And sometimes you've got to stand up the cross that you've been carrying and put that evil monster inside of you on the cross and you've got to drive the nails in and say, I'm not you anymore. The Bible says if we'll do that, we will actually begin to operate in the Spirit. And the Spirit of God will be what we listen to and what we hear and what we obey. Jesus said, he who loses his life for my sake will find it. Tonight, there's something inside of you that has the ability to destroy you. Jesus wants to get rid of it so that you can find the life that he has for you. He has something more, something better, something greater. Amen. Something wonderful. And listen, sometimes as Christians, we're going to go through life and it's going to be painful. And sometimes that's because of suffering. And sometimes that's because we serve a Savior who offers us a cross. He didn't offer us a couch. He offered us a cross. So this is what, if you want to follow me, sometimes it's going to be very, very painful. And sometimes we're going to be living for God. We're going to say, God, this hurts too much. I don't want to do it. I want this and this and this. And that day, that part of us that's fighting for what we want has to just die. And we have to just say, okay, God, I'm going to serve you anyway, even though I'm not getting all those things. And then we have to do that the next day. And sometimes we have to die a thousand times. But listen, the cross is not the end of the story, right? You know, you were not allowed to leave someone on the cross. You couldn't leave them on the cross even overnight. They didn't leave Jesus on the cross overnight. And God is not going to leave you on the cross, <laughs> right? You might be going through some things, but God doesn't want to leave you there. And you know, when they brought Jesus down off the cross, he rose from the dead. Resurrection power. It is 2021 based on the life of Jesus Christ, right? The year is based on him. Why? Not just because he said these words, but because he rose from the dead. Supernatural life. And the Bible says the same spirit that raised him from the dead can live in you. 
So you say, how come I don't have that spirit? How come I don't have that power? Maybe you haven't died yet. Maybe you're resisting it. People that have gone through this process, there is a power in their life. There is something working in them. Because it's no longer them, it's God in them. You're saying, why does it feel like I'm still on the cross? Well, maybe you aren't willing to just surrender and just die. (laughs) I don't know if this is translating. I hope it is. It's like, man, this pastor wants to kill us. Sometimes. No, I'm kidding. You know, when they took him off the cross, he was messy. Jesus died on that cross, and when they took him down, I mean blood everywhere. There were Jews that asked about Jesus, but they didn't want to touch him. There were only two men that were willing to deal with Jesus' body because you got to climb up to the cross. you got to pull the nails out. you got to pick up that body and get that blood all over you. And who wants to deal with that mess? But thank God Jesus doesn't mind dealing with our mess. Listen, we don't die in this way perfectly. You know, we're not like, oh, life's excruciating right now and awful and painful, but praise the Lord, it's just dying for Christ. It's not usually how we do it, right? Jesus said, forgive them. Jesus said, Father, I still trust you. We say, don't forgive them, (laughs) right? We say, God, why are you letting this happen to me? We may even curse. We may even sin. And I'm not trying to excuse that. But sometimes in this process, it gets messy. When Christians are going through this pain, they don't always do it right. I mean, maybe you always do it right, but not everybody does. Oh, but thank God, Jesus can deal with our mess, right? The Bible says he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And it says, by his stripes, we are healed. You know, the suffering of this life, God can heal us. You know, when when they took Jesus off the cross, they got spices. They got something called myrrh. They got strips of cloth to bind up the wounds. You know, God can bind up our wounds. And he has a, a myrrh or an ointment for us. The Bible speaks about something called the balm or the ointment of Gilead. It's a place in Israel. There is a special tree you could only find in Israel. And if you cut the root, there would be like stuff that would come out of it. I want to say goo, but I don't know how you translate goo. Would come out of sap, would come out of the roots. And you would take that and you would put it on the places to heal them. Just a special tree in Israel, when it was cut, there was something there that could bring healing. I mean, no, there was a special tree in Israel 
a cross that Jesus was nailed on, and he was cut. And that, what flowed from his body, can heal us, can help us. Listen, Jesus knows the pain and suffering of life. One verse we didn't read, it said he began to explain to them how he would suffer. Tonight, I want to encourage you that we are going to go through times when it feels like we're dying, and that's okay, because God's not going to leave us there. He's going to heal us, and there's resurrection life afterward. And sometimes that's the only way to experience the resurrection power is when we're willing to be crucified with Christ. I know, this, this isn't the most exciting sermon in the world. But perhaps you're confused tonight. You're saying, man, I'm serving God. Why is it so difficult? I'm serving Jesus. Why does it feel like there's pain? Well, we serve a Savior who offered us a cross, not a couch. And sometimes to follow Christ, there's stuff in us that has to die. Listen, if my selfishness hadn't at least died a few times, I wouldn't still be married, right? If that little monster of lust and sexual sin hadn't been crucified a few times, I wouldn't still have a family. There's things inside of me that could have destroyed my whole life. And there's things inside of you that will destroy what God wants to do. But God wants to help you with it. It's just that sometimes when he's helping us with it, it hurts. <laughs> and we feel like, God, why does it feel like I'm dying? Well, because part of you does need to die. I don't know how else to say it. Part of you in there just has to go. But if it goes then the life of God can come in. And God can fill you with His love and His joy and His grace and His power. The Bible tells us in Romans 8.18, For I consider the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. In 2 Corinthians 4.17, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Listen, affliction, pain, it's, it's in this. It's kind of part of it. It doesn't mean that God's forgotten you. It doesn't mean that you've just done a bunch of things wrong. It's, it's part of what Jesus said. If you want to follow me, you have to go through this cross thing. But he won't leave you there, Right? They didn't leave Jesus on the cross. He's not going to leave you there. He's going to bring you off. He's going to heal you up. And you're going to experience resur resurrection power. And I'm telling you, there's things that you go through in life where you feel like you're dying. But afterwards, there's life that comes. I've experienced it in my life so many times. Things I went through in life that were crushing me. Where I'm crying out, God, I don't want to do this. Like, I just want to quit. I just don't want to deal with this. And it's like something, that little thing in me is dying. <laughs> but afterwards, I sense the grace of God. I sense God helping me. 
I sense a, a power or anointing or something. And we just have to remember, listen, Jesus didn't say, come follow me and I'll give you a couch. Come follow me and I'll take that green monster and I'll put some baby powder on its bottom and give it a bottle. He said, no, we've got to deal with that thing in you. But after we do, you're going to get to live the life of Christ. Paul said, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. That's where he's trying to get us to, where it's no longer all about you. It can't be all about you. It has to be all about him. Amen. Let's bow our heads tonight. for listening to the sermon podcast of the Virginia Beach Potter's House Church. Were you blessed by today's message? Let us know. Please leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts or on Podchaser. We'll be back next time with another life-changing word from heaven. God bless. God bless.